0: Wow what a what an evening huh I don't know what you were expecting if you don't normally come to church and I hope this is perhaps what you weren't expecting Uh, what an evening you know God loves a party maybe that's a surprise to you but you know I think that uh, we are celebrating well this evening But the Bible is full of stories about Jesus celebrating and enjoying a party. If he wasn't teaching or preaching or in quiet retreat, he was often found at a party or socializing. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Jesus' first miracle was done at a wedding where he turned water into wine. Not a bad start to your ministry. But you know, the Bible tells us, I tell you, that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So you know what? Heaven is rejoicing this evening, and I know we've done a lot of it already. But I just thought, you know, we should give heaven a good run for their money, don't you think? And uh, and raise the roof tonight. I'm glad we've got water because it felt like there's fire in this building earlier. But I think there's still one more bit, is there not? Can we not give one more occasion? And I think there are various things planted somewhere. But I want us to give a good, a good run on this, okay? So as loud as you can, I want us to give thanks to God for the lives of these five people who tonight made that public commitment to Jesus. So are you ready? One, two, three. fantastic that was a bit rubbish anyway (laughs) wow goodness me why do people follow Jesus I wonder if you're asking that question this evening why on earth do these people want to follow Jesus and I'm not sure I can add much more to their amazing stories and testimony to their journey of faith but you know what, lots of them talked about their church background, they'd already had an introduction, but this is something about their personal journey. Other people talked about a joy and hope that they now have that was missing from their life. Freedom, God's provision, God's love, overcoming anxiety. If these five people here this evening can't in their stories convince you that there's something wonderfully attractive about following Jesus, then I ask you to go away and consider that for yourself and ask God to speak to you about it. You know, um, I'm a vicar's kid, and that's quite embarrassing when you're growing up, because when people ask you what your dad does, you don't really want to tell them that he's a vicar, because then they kind of go, oh, you're all religious. So I used to say he was in the conversion business. <laughs> <laughs> and try and kind of mask over that, and then of course you go, well, what kind of conversion? And, uh, and I say a specialised one. Uh, but you know what? Uh, these young people this evening have talked about their choice, and that was something that was given to me too. I certainly remember my dad saying, I can point you in the right direction. I can give you a grounding for faith, but actually one day you will choose for yourself. And uh, I'm one of four, and three of us made that commitment, and one of my siblings is yet to make that commitment because They're not convinced yet that this God is for real. So it's not an easy journey, and we all have a choice to make. The Bible tells us the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life, and life in all its fullness. You know, life in all its fullness is what God desires for us. We've heard great testimony to that already this evening of people who actually were not in a good place where they were held by anxiety you know the devil loves to come and steal our joy and lots of people think that becoming a christian is about suddenly losing your life and life becoming boring oh you're a christian you're not going to do that are you maybe you've come this evening thinking well i'll go along but you know actually i think they're a bit mad why would they choose to do this Actually, God desires that we have life, life in all its fullness. You know, this is not a dusty old book. This is a life giver. And Julian, I, I suppose you probably read it on your phone on your bus journey. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, holding a big, like, big thing like this on your, on your train journey or your bus journey. But actually this is full of life giving advice and it's as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. So, Most of our group this evening talked about they'd had some Bible background, they'd had some Christian background, and many of us are familiar with Bible stories. And I don't know what your church background is, or what your background is at all to understanding the Christian faith. But I want us to have a look at one little story that maybe if you've had any connection with church or Bible stories, or you're just getting into the Bible, it's a great place to start. And that's the story of Zacchaeus. And it's found in Luke, the book of Luke. Chapter 19, starting at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. So Jesus was going to be passing that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. You know, I, uh, I like the story of Zacchaeus. As you can probably see, I'm a little vertically challenged myself, so perhaps that's why it appeals But, uh, you know, there was something wonderfully curious about Zacchaeus. You know, he kind of wanted to know who this Jesus was. And uh, those who've committed in faith at some point have had a curiosity. Well, they've been curious to know about who Jesus was and make a decision about choosing him for their life. Zacchaeus was keen to know. But he didn't want to be seen. He climbed up a tree, He kind of kept his distance. But he was curious to know who this Jesus was. Wherever he went, Jesus seemed to have people wanting to follow him and find out more about who he was. I wonder what happened when Jesus looked up for him. I wonder how he felt. Nervous, excited, confused. He was probably feeling all of those things, perhaps like many of us would if we bumped into Jesus. Jesus. But he knew that there was something amazing about Jesus. There was something amazing about this man that made that tax collector get down that tree as fast as he could. And all throughout the New Testament, we hear stories of people who rushed to hear what Jesus had to say. You know, Jesus knew who Zacchaeus was. He knew what he did. And uh, tax collectors in those days, as they are now, not the most popular people, But back in Jesus' day, they were especially looked down upon by the Pharisees and the rule makers and considered the worst of sinners. Zacchaeus wouldn't have even been allowed in the synagogues. Perhaps it's the modern-day equivalent of asking our traffic wardens for lunch. I don't know. But you know what? The interesting thing about Jesus was he knew Zacchaeus' name. He knew who he was. He knew what Zacchaeus did And he knew what people thought of him. And yet he still said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I'm coming to your house today. Wow. So his question wasn't, what do you do? But who are you? Jesus wanted to get to know Zacchaeus. He knew his name and he called him by name. There was no judgment, no condemnation, just an invitation. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. What would we be discussing if that was our invitation today? If Jesus came and ate with us? Today, maybe you're an observer. Maybe if you could climb the pillar and keep a distance, you would. Maybe you're on the sidelines. Maybe you made some commitment some time ago, but your curiosity has waned. Perhaps you are just curious about who this Jesus is or who is this person who seems to have impacted my friend. And is it gonna be good for them? You know, Jesus chooses us. He chose Zacchaeus by name, and he chooses us by name because he wants relationship with us right now. He asks us to simply hang out with him, to have dinner, and to get to know who we are. Baptism's a part of our journey, and it's that starting point for these people today to publicly declare their love and relationship for Jesus. You know, most people are obsessed with, what do we do? You know, how many people ask you, you know, what do you do? Where do you study? It's all about the kind of activity of what we do. And somehow it defines us. In my world, we're asked about our elevator pitch. You know, in 60 seconds, if you get on a lift with someone, you've got to tell them what you do. So that, you know, if they ever need you, they'll know where to find you. Actually, you know, Jesus says, who are you? Who are you? I want relationship with you. I want to get to know you. And that's exciting, and that's an invitation for all of us. Jesus wasn't going to condemn Zacchaeus. God had obviously been working in his heart to enable him to see, not just physically, but spiritually, he responded to what Jesus had offered him. Zacchaeus truly became a new man that day and was changed from the inside out. And many of these candidates today have talked about how God has changed them from things that people didn't see, the anxiety, the hopelessness, the depression, the stuff that we don't wear easily, but God spoke to them powerfully and transformed them. Anyone who believes in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Where else do we get that in our lives? Where people say, you know, I don't care what's happened in the past. Actually, today is a new day and you begin a new journey. That's what Jesus offers us. We've heard that word repentance today, and uh, sometimes repent seems like a kind of a big word, and, and we kind of think, what do I need to repent of? I'm really not that bad. But you know, repentance comes from the Greek word, matonia, and actually that's just a simple step. It really means to turn around, to take a new direction. It's not some massive confession. It's about, do you choose to turn around? And sometimes, you know, we know that we're on the wrong path. I don't know what you're like with directions, but you know, sometimes we know we need a new direction because we're definitely going the wrong way, yeah? And that's what God calls us to. Actually, repentance is about saying, do you choose a new way and a new direction? Again, our wonderful five people this, this evening have talked about a point in their life where they knew that they needed God to put them on a new path and a new direction. And that's what we're asked to do. And that's what repentance simply is. And that's what God's offer is to us. God has the power to change hearts, but we have to invite him in. Zacchaeus was ready to get down from that tree and invite Jesus to his home. We have to allow God to change and transform us. God wants to be a permanent fixture in our lives. I wonder how often you tap into your phone every day. That's what God wants to do. He wants to be a daily part of our lives. He wants to hang out with us in the good, the bad, the ugly, the dark moments. We choose to do life with him. And whether we're just starting on our Christian journey, or we've been a Christian a long time, it's a daily choice to choose to ask God to be part of our daily life. In Revelation, there's this wonderful verse that says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I stand at the door and knock. That's the invitation for all of us. And I think some of us know sometimes that God is knocking at our door. Some of our candidates talked about a clear moment when they knew that God knocked on their door and they opened them. And he transformed their lives. And so what is it that we need to change direction on? Is God knocking on your door and just saying, hey, I've got a new route for you. I've got a new direction. Or you know that bit of your life that's slightly off course? I want to I talk to you about it. So that's our choice, the choice for all of us. Baptism is a wonderful occasion where we celebrate, and it's great what God has done. And God wants that every day in all of our lives. I wonder what your response will be to the knock at your door.